Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, the one and only Mark Cook, ladies and gentlemen. He is in the house. He is back after a little vacation time. Mark, are you feeling refreshed, rejuvenated, ready to conquer the world? You know, when you're 50 years old, John, you never are fresh and rejuvenated. You know, I got a little bit more pep in my step, but it's never going to be like when I was, you know, like you, 25 years old or 30 or whatever it is that you are. I don't know. I'm 31, but thank you. 25. I feel feel 25. But it was good. It was good to get away from a little bit. And I know that people are really disappointed they were expecting Matt Matera on the podcast. Man, the love for Matt Matera last week. I'm going to... I'm gonna have to learn not to go out of town. I mean, people That's just true. steal your job when that happens, you know. But uh, but no, Matt <laughs> did Matt a tremendous Matera job. Love, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. He did a great job, and the, the love for Matt Matera is definitely uh, at an all-time high on the Pewter Report pod. He's been on for years. I mean, people yeah. have always liked him, but lately, pounding the table for Matt yeah, Matera. I, I don't it. know if it, I don't know if it's his parents. I don't know if it's you know some some friends. What's going on? But uh, maybe Matt he paid some a lot people. of love. Maybe. Maybe he super chat donated to the listeners <laughs> to give him some love. I could definitely see Matt doing that. I mean, he's a, he's a New York guy. You know, those those guys tend yeah. to you know buy off favors when they need him. I, I watch The Sopranos. I know how it works. He's wheeling and dealing uh, for sure, and he's uh, he's finding ways to get it done, man. That's what Matt Matera does. That's what we love about him on the Peter Report yeah. podcast. So, uh, yeah, I think today on the show we are you know we're bringing you right back to talk about. Uh, a very highly, um, highly anticipated topic, <clears throat> highly de- hotly debated topic. Who's better, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? Everybody's got their opinions on this one. And so definitely going to get to kind of what the fans think and, and hear what they think uh, on today's show and get to what uh, we obviously think as well, too. I am going to need I need you to talk about Celsius for like 10 seconds here, Mark, while I go get the, the brand new Celsius that just arrived. And I want to be able to show the people. Can you tell them about you love yes. about Celsius? Yes, while I'm I can. Doing that? Te- I can definitely do that. Celsius right. is is the new premier energy drink. And what I like about Celsius, the best thing I like about Celsius, being an old guy who has to watch his blood sugar, is it's not loaded with sugar. So if you want to get rid of the soda habit, which I was on for years, which is not good for people like me who are old and have to watch their blood sugar, Celsius is the right drink for you loaded with energy not a ton of like artificial things and it's it's pretty much all natural the best thing is as scott reynolds always says you just don't get that crash that you get with the different types of energy products that i've tried in the past that's that's the best thing about celsius to me Uh, i love what i love about it is that you don't get that like you said and you don't get any of the bad stuff you get a lot of this good stuff you get uh, the accelerated metabolism and a lot of that, but you also get unbelievable flavor. This is the brand new one, just dropped. Tropical Vibe Sparkling Starfruit Pineapple Edition. Wow. When I heard it, when I heard it, and when I got it in the mail, Mark, I said, I don't know. I really didn't know. I wasn't sure if I was going to be a fan of this one. And I've said this before, and people probably think I'm just making it up at this point, but. You know, I, I'm really, I'm not, I haven't been an energy drink person. I've never been, a, I've definitely never been a fruit drinks person. I'm, I'm very plain. I'm a water person. I really am. I, I know that that's going to get me laughed at, but that's just what I am. I, I know it's good for you. And I, so I've always just drank water, but I, I love Celsius now. Obviously, people have heard me say that before. I really like the tropical vibe. 
And I think it's going to be a top five flavor for me. I think it's going to push something out of the top five. Got to figure out mm. what that is. I might have to go through and taste test. I think I still have one of all my top five favorites except Wildberry. I don't think I have that right now. But anyway, check out the flavors. Check out the new Tropical Vibe uh, Sparkling Starfruit Pineapple Edition. I know there's some of my friends heard that I got it and they were already clamoring to kind of hear more about it. And so uh, I'm going to probably be sending these out to a few friends of mine uh, who weren't give winners of the Pewter Report giveaway, by the way, which is over. The Pewter Report Celsius Fast Brands Protein Bars giveaway uh, just wrapped up yesterday. I already heard from one winner. Mr. Bucks Nation was a winner of what? the giveaway. Wow. Yes, James texted me and he said, is this a scam or is this real? Am I a winner? And I said, you're a winner, James. Wow. That's it, baby. So he's going to be drinking Celsius on his podcast too. So Celsius and the Bucks, man, they're becoming one and the same together. And he's very, very excited. I'm I excited for him. I was just at Publix today and they've got a sale going on right now. And, and I didn't look exactly how much it was because, you know. We're important VIPs. We we don't pay for our Celsius. Not true. I've paid for Celsius before when I've been <laughs> out and have it with me. But uh, well, but, but the public, public has it on sale right now. Uh, four pack cans, and I don't remember exactly what the deal is, but they have it displayed. So if you're near right. a Publix and, and you want to check out Celsius, definitely do it. I've seen it at Wawa. Seen it at other local convenience stores as well. Probably at Walmart. But um, mm. the, you can also just click the banner. Uh, on our on our ads on pewterreport.com and uh, it'll click you right to a link where you can order it directly and, and try all the different flavors until you figure out what's your top five flavor. Yep. So today on the podcast, uh, we got to talk about Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. We already got one comment that absolutely cracked me up. They said, this is the kind of show topic that could divide a great friendship. <laughs> so they believe Mike Evans and Chris Godwin listening to the show today, which you know, maybe, maybe they are. Uh, and that this topic could really throw a wrench in the Bucks chemistry for the 2021 season. So we could be those people, Mark, to disrupt. You, you don't, you don't think they're talking about me and you, you know, dividing, I, maybe they are because dividing, I don't know I don't where know. you stand on this. I don't know what your position is on this. I know generally that you have a great affinity for Mike Evans as a person yes. and as do, yes. as do I, as do all of right. us, but also who, who doesn't like Chris Godwin. And obviously the production from both of them has been stellar. So everybody knows if you read over at PeterReport.com today, you read my article, my Bucks briefing article, I went kind of trade by trade and broke down Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who's better, came to the conclusion on my end that I think Godwin is a better all-around receiver right now. Obviously, we're not comparing careers here, um, uh, but right now than Mike Evans. So I know you got a chance to look at that piece and kind of come up with your own position on this mark i mean am i am i dead wrong on this no no you're not i i read it and and you brought up some points that i hadn't really thought about not just points so much as you brought up the film evidence right i mean and this, this statistical breakdown i'm kind of along the way of thinking that a lot of our readers were in the comment section of the article though and, and and you brought this up. It doesn't really matter right now, right? They're both great in what they do. Right. Um, they're both. It only matters because it's June, Mark. We Again, need, we need to talk about this. Right, right. We're, we're not comparing, you know, Mike Evans to to Jaden Mickens here, right? I mean, these are two right. elite guys. And, and you're right, John. I've got a, a great affinity and respect for Mike Evans. I remember. I'll go back to 2014 when he was drafted, and uh, and I'll just admit it. I was a Sammy Watkins guy in that draft. I watched more ACC football than I than I did uh, Mike Evans at Texas A&M. Um, I did see quite a few games because I was watching Johnny Manziel. I also was one of those guys that thought the Buccaneers should take a flyer on Manziel. Well, again, 
reason number 4,333, I'm not the GM of the Buccaneers. So uh, Watkins went ahead of Mike Evans in that draft. The Bucs got him. And I remember, I'll never forget where I, where I sit, where I've been sitting for the last 11 years in the media room. I thought, okay, that's a good, solid, safe pick. But who's going to throw him the football? Because you got to go back to 2014 and you're talking about Josh McCown at quarterback. Yeah. And how effective is he going to be on a team where basically the only other receiver is Vincent Jackson, who um, was coming off two pretty good seasons, 2012 and 2013. But we knew he was kind of slowing down a little bit towards the end of his career. Um, there just wasn't a lot of firepower on this offense. So for sure, what Mike Evans did in that rookie year just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And, and what he's been able to do as far as the consistency goes with his thousand yard seasons, with him being a clutch guy. And I know in your article, right. you actually showed Chris Godwin to be more of a clutch guy, right? A guy that makes more contested catches and things like that. Um, yeah. Now, I'm conflicted a little bit, John, because I'm also a guy that in 2017, uh, I'll go back to August 2nd, actually 19, uh, 2018, and it's a pinned tweet I've had on my Twitter forever, where I said, I'm not one to overhype anyone, but this guy, meaning Chris Godwin, is going to be a superstar mm-hmm. receiver in the NFL. Not good, but great, like top five. Right. I'm telling you, there was something special about this guy that I saw during that training camp. Every single day, there was a highlight play. There were no drop balls. You brought that up in your article as well. Chris Godwin just doesn't drop the football. Let's forget about Six the Washington drops in playoff his career. game. Right, right. I mean, the playoff game you got to forget about, but yeah, forget about that. I mean, the consistency and things like that. But again, I love Mike Evans and what he's done over his career and what he's meant to this franchise to see him flounder on a two and 14 football team, but still put up the numbers that he did in 2014. Not complain. I like his fiery attitude. I'm one of those guys that don't mind when he gets a flag every once in a while, and he's been better the last couple of years. Yeah. Early in his career, he could get easily frustrated. Defensive backs to get in his head, but I'm still leaning a little bit more towards Mike Evans as a whole, but I totally get where you're coming from on this, man. I'm not going to sit here and beat you up for that article at all, and I'm not even really going to disagree because you brought the evidence, and if people haven't read it, they need to go check it out. Not just statistical evidence. You've got the film breakdown as well, but again, at the end of the day, two terrific receivers, uh, and the Buccaneers are very fortunate to have both of them. Right. And honestly, there isn't a right or wrong here, really. It's just opinions. You know, I use data to support my opinions, but somebody else could have easily said, here's, you know, Mike Evans. And I referenced a couple of things in defense of Mike Evans. You know, he's going to see a lot more press man coverage. He's going to have a lot harder time getting off the line of scrimmage clean in every route. He sees a lot more number one corners. So you can construct a great argument for Mike Evans. It's really about what you value. And like we said, the premise is that both are elite. And so, yeah, some people may say this doesn't really matter. And for those people, it it might not matter. But the reality is that I'm only writing it because I've been asked it constantly since I joined the pewterreport.com. It's been one of the main number one questions that I get. Talked about it on the podcast over and over again, and I've kind of copped out of the answer. And you know me. Listeners know me at this point. I don't like you know, kind of straddling the fence on a lot of these things. I like to kind of look at things and come up with an answer, even if it's like I said, there's no obvious right or wrong answer. If I'm comparing Chris Godwin and Jarvis Landry, I think ab- Chris Godwin is absolutely better than Jarvis Landry. I think you, it's yeah. impossible for you to tell me Jarvis Landry is better than Chris. I don't see any world in which that's the case. Some people could disagree, but I don't think that that is even a good argument. But Evans and Godwin, oh, there's obviously good arguments on both sides. So this is not – I'm not presenting my opinion as fact in this situation. It's just 
what I found, and one of the most interesting things I found, Mark, when I was kind of researching this was the contested catch ball skills category yeah. is typically really my biggest takeaway from the whole thing was Mike Evans is totally misunderstood as a receiver. Like everybody sees this big body and they know he made a ton of contested catches at Texas A&M. Well, Mike Evans has lost a ton of weight since then. He's not nearly, he's way, he's actually probably more athletic than he was then. I think somebody was, maybe you, I don't remember who was, was recently telling me he's actually running faster now than he ran even coming out. He ran a four or five, sure. three coming out, but he was huge. And now he's trimmed down a lot more. He's faster. He's quicker. He's lighter on his feet. He doesn't win like that as often as he does with pure speed and separation. He's a great route runner. And he doesn't, most people don't list that as a first trait for Mike Evans. I think that they're missing the mark because I think he's a great route runner, not just a good one. And I think he wins with separation more than he does his size and this contested catchability. And I think his numbers, the numbers definitely show that, but also his tape. I mean, think back over the season. Most of his best plays were when he got behind people and ran away yeah. from them. And that's how it's been most of his career. It doesn't mean he can't elevate and make a tough catch, like in the back of the end zone in the red zone. He's great at fades and great at high pointing <laughs> the football, but he's not that's not his game as much as it is Godwin's, in my opinion, that is making those contested catches. And he draws more pass interference penalties than Chris Godwin does. That's another thing um, in, in Evan's favor, by the way, that we didn't even I didn't even talk right. about in the article, but and I don't know if I can find a stat on it or not, but I know he draws a ton of – I mean, you're five in the Super Bowl. That was absurd yeah. in the yeah. first half. You know, you don't see that very often. Yeah, you're right. He 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 sees more press man coverage, certainly the position that he plays. And teams understand you got to slow Mike down right off of his, his release because if not, I, I like to say – I don't know if I like to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm trying – Mike Evans has deceptive speed, right? I mean – you don't expect like Mike these big to, long strides that just long you. strider that just you know if you if you let him get past you you let him get a get a step on you those long strides it's not going to be long before he's separating even if you're just as right. fast as a cornerback you can't keep up with those long strides um and 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 I love you know his ability particularly early in his career he was more of a contested contested catch receiver I think part of that is uh is the fact that there wasn't a lot of talent you know on the football team uh quarterback talent you had Josh McCown then all of a sudden you've got James Winston as a rookie um you know he has this huge wingspan so you just got to got to get the ball in the general area but as you said and as your article proved uh Chris Godman has been better over the last couple of years with those contested catches I mean you can't argue the statistics yeah. there and you showed a couple film clips of that and I totally forgot about that ball that he dropped against Green Bay uh he's got to make that catch I remember when that happened during the game Evans, you yeah. in the group chat was like come on you've got to make that catch and he absolutely does I mean he's got to make that catch ended up not hurting him obviously they end up winning the football game and going to the Super Bowl and winning but um you know, he has had some issues with drops. I know that was another point of contention in your article. Chris Godwin just doesn't drop the football. Again, we're forgetting we're gonna pretend Washington didn't happen, but he just doesn't drop the football. If it's near him, he's gonna come up with the catch. And that's the thing right. that I saw back in 2018 in that training camp. Now, we had some people, somebody brought this up in 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 the comment section of the article. Um, you know, it took him a while to really find his game. Um, you know, the Buccaneers had Adam Humphreys, they had um Mike Evans and you know, yeah. Jameis Winston and Adam Humphreys had this, you know, kind of chemistry, right? And, and there was Cam Brady, who was more of a factor mm -hmm. in the passing game back then as well. So it took him a little while because his first two years in the league, it, it, first year, I think it was 500-yard receiver, second year, an 800-yard receiver. Right. So it really took him to 2019 to have that breakout 12 or 1,300-yard 
uh, yep. season that he ended and, up having. And, yeah. And, and there's no question if Chris Godwin had been healthy all 16 games last year, he would have led the box yeah. in my opinion in, in yeah. receiving yards and receptions, all that kind of stuff. Like that's, I mean, he barely finished behind Evans now and, and he obviously missed like four and a half games. And so, yeah. you know, that, that to me is another mark, like everybody's going to say, Oh, production, he's only in one, 1000 yard season. Well, there's context there that, that needs to be uh, permitted as well. Uh, but you're right. One of the unique things about Evans, and this is why I tried to clarify in the article, this is not a comparison of careers. This is a comparison sure. of where they are at right now. So I use the two most recent seasons because going back further than that, we're really getting away from the point of the article, which is, you know, I saw some people in the comments on the article, they're like, oh, conveniently you used the last two seasons. No, not conveniently. That's We're not going to go back five years to determine who they are right now. We're going to use two most recent sample sizes in this offense too, by the way, uh, at our disposal, right? because that tells us more of who the player is right now and where they're going. Um, but you're right. One of the unique things about Evans, if we are comparing careers, is how fast he was able to start. I mean, you could literally make a strong argument his rookie season was one of his best seasons, but he hasn't like fallen off since then or anything. Right. It just was that good of a season. And that is hard to do, especially at that position at that time. On there a were not terrible a lot of offense. receivers. On yeah, a terrible yeah, offense a, with a bad was offensive quarterback line. That first year? Josh McCown, right? I mean, McCown, it was, was it the whole year. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back and look and, and get my memory serves me to 2014 was the year that they brought in McCown and, and, and Clinton McDonald and, and, and um, uh, Alteron Werner, if I'm not mistaken, I'm mm -hmm. sure people in the, in the chat will uh, look that up and, and make sure, but um, because it was, they went to and 14 that year. So it was McCown right. starting the season that year. Um, yeah. Anthony Collins yeah. and, and, and Michael, uh, what was <laughs> Michael? Gosh, this is how bad he is. I forgot how uh, his last name, uh, he was the defensive end from Cincinnati that went back to Cincinnati after a year here. Michael, J Michael Johnson. Yeah, Michael yeah. Johnson, exactly. So that was 2014. Brandon Myers at tight end. God, yeah. what an awful – oh, man. John, right. the, 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 I, I don't want to be disrespectful to military people, so I hate to use the term PTSD, but I do have a little bit of shell shock from covering this team. There were some – and the fans and the readers in our chat right now know what I'm talking about. There were just some miserable years where you went to that stadium – and the only highlight was a guy like Mike Evans. I mean, it wasn't a matter if the Bucks were going to win or uh, it was more about how bad they were going to lose. But it was also, hey, was what what was Mike Evans going to do special that 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 game? And he always right. seemed to come up with something big that particularly rookie year. Here's here's the thing, John. You're right. It's not a comparison over a career. However, no, Mike Evans is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like yes. we know that already, and he's not even 28 years old. I don't think that's insane, Mark. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a picture of him, and I'll, I'll repost it when we get off the chat. That I took um, the day after he was drafted in 2014. The baby face. It doesn't even look like the same Mike Evans. I, I you know, he, he they. We had him that night from the draft over a conference video call, and then they flew him in the next day for his press conference in Tampa in the media center. And uh, I'll, I'll post that picture because it's mind-boggling. You know, he was a kid, man. He was a 20-year-old kid when he got here to Tampa Bay. But what I was going to say is it's right. not a comparison of a career, but here's something we can debate and we can have our readers participate in this, is who, if you had to pick one next year, do you want on this football team? Can you pay both of these guys? Chris Godwin on the franchise tag this year. They certainly want to work out a long-term deal. When we had Chris Godwin on a conference call a couple of weeks ago, I asked him about that specifically. Um, sounded to me like he kind of hinted that it's it's being discussed. I mean, they would like to get something mm -hmm. done. And and so that would be great because they have 
about another month to be able to do that or three weeks, I think to July 15th to work out a, a long-term deal. Um, and uh, so anyway, the question is, uh, you know, we're not going to argue career. Mike Evans has got the best career so far, but the question right. now is if you had to pick one or two of the, one of those two guys, which one are you taking next year? If you have, to, and I don't, and I'm not saying they're going to get Jason. No, Light Evans isn't going found a way. Jason, Jason Light has found a way to keep guys when they want to keep guys. We saw that right. this year. If if there was a year where they would have had to have cut some big name guys to get under the salary cap, this should have been the year. No problem. And they're not going to have to do that next year. But if there were to be a debate uh, of which of the two guys you wanted the most, who would it be moving forward? I would tend to lean Chris Godwin. Um, in, in that matter, because he's, you know, younger and I think he's still got a little bit higher ceiling. We know what Mike Evans is going to do. And I think he's going to continue to be a consistent thousand yard receiver, at least for the next couple of years. Anyway, right. whatever, where Rashad wants to, to know, Rashad again. is, a, yeah, Rashad is a good question here without Evans. How good is Chris Godwin? And I think one of the best things about Arians coming over is we've really learned how good these guys are independent of each other because their roles are very different. Their skill sets, we can still compare and contrast. They still end up in still end up in yards after catch scenarios, still end up in contested catch situations. Like we can we can compare and contrast all that. Their roles are very different. So we've really learned how good both are, despite the fact they play at the same time. I think we've still really learned how good both are, um, not in relationship to each other necessarily. Now there's we're going to always probably wonder as long as Godwin plays with Evans, how Chris Godwin would look as a full-time outside receiver who is facing number one corners every single snap. Um, Evans does get that a lot of the time. Um, a lot of that is just because he's a little bit easier to mark. I mean, they haven't moved him around uh, as much until this past season where he played in the slot more. And then teams did find it a little more difficult to put Lattimore and Bradbury inside when those guys don't always play in there. So, you could also say Evans hasn't always had success against those number one types either. I mean, there's certainly he's had he's more he's won more than he's lost, but you know he's. I remember just to you bring Antonio Brown into the conversation, Mark. There was a couple years in Pittsburgh where it just did not make one bit of difference who the corner was, what they tried to do. Right. There was just no way. I mean, Antonio Brown every single game, every week, dominant against the yeah. best in the league. Right. I mean, nobody right. could stop him, um, and it was just. Game after game, year after year, it was just like that. I mean, remember Richard Sherman had the best game against him during that time. He was like the first guy in like two years at one point. Till I don't even remember what he limited him to, but then there were other factors. But I mean, that's how dominant Antonio Brown was, you know. And and again, we're comparing careers. I don't think Evans or Godwin have ever been on that level where peak Antonio Brown was. People are asked, "Is this peak Antonio Brown now? You know, is this is are we are we dealing with that in Tampa Bay right now?" I don't know is the answer. I, I certainly thought skill set wise he looked awesome last year, but he joined the team late. He didn't really know the offense. He wasn't playing a full time role. Then at the end of the regular season, he looked like he was going to start tearing things up. Then he got hurt in the playoffs, so it was hard to get a great feel from that. We know in the Washington game he did well, but he was banged up. And then Saints game he comes out obviously and uh, misses the Packers game, plays in the Super Bowl. But there, you know that that wasn't really a game where anybody was lighting it up statistically on offense. They were just kind of all doing their job a little bit. Uh, defense took care of business. So we just haven't gotten a great feel for exactly how good or how dominant Antonio Brown is. He obviously didn't play the year before that or, or barely played. But Jack's right. I mean, it is crazy. He honestly could be better than both still. We just <laughs> don't really crazy. know. Yeah. Think about that, dude. Yeah, Think about somebody told you. It just you, made like, me laugh out loud. Season, I know. Like, 
Evans and Godwin, yeah, know. they're they're not going to be as good as the guy the Bucks will bring in here. I mean, God, I'm just going back like, again, man. Jeez, and again, I, it's I, PFF I, grades, but PFF did grade a, a Antonio Brown higher than those two for this past season. They all graded very closely. I, I'm flashing. I'm flashing AD, back to the Freddie Martino, Dante Die, Lewis Murphy. Uh, God, whoever else they signed off the street at times to play wide receiver over the last 11 or 12 years, man, there's been, and, and to think now they've got three potential hall of famers. I mean, Antonio Brown certainly has put up the numbers to be a hall of famer. Now does his antics and his off the field, keep him out. That's a debate we could have one day. Uh, Mike Evans, we agree is the first ballot hall of famer and, and Chris Godwin certainly has the talent to be that guy. I, I wonder if the fact that he's playing with Mike Evans and, and Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard, if those hurt him in a production way that's going to hurt him long term as far as making you know, a, a bid for the Hall of Fame because he is ever right. going to have a 14 or 1500 yard, you know, uh, season. And he's only had, um, you know, he, he's only had that one big year in 2019. But um, but I love, I love, I love both those guys. Um, I, you know, I, I, w- I was not an Antonio Brown guy. I was totally against them signing him. I thought it was ridiculous for them to re-sign him this year, uh, you know, based on some, you know, off the field nonsense and, and things, but, um, but they did. And, um, you know, it, it, you can't argue the talent on the football field. Those three guys. Yeah. And again, we're not even talking about young guys developing like a Tyler Johnson and, and, uh, and, and Jalen Darden now. Yeah. And uh, in, in the tight end position, you know, three number one tight ends right. essentially. You you brought up the point. Cam Brate would start on others. So there's a handful of other teams. Cam Brate would, would yeah. be the starter, and and he's way down. He's number three, clearly number three. If OJ is 100 healthy when training, right, starts. right, right. Jack has a good point here, and Jack and I have kind of uh, Jack's done a lot of research on this, and it's really good stuff. And he sent it to me. The research is it's terrific stuff. Um, and and people should find him and follow him on Twitter. I think it's at Barrett underscore Bucks, I believe. Uh, uh, Jack does puts a lot a lot of good data, a lot of good information. But he says what many people may not know is Evans was used to tremendous success on horizontal routes, mainly the 15 yard digs and slants. Glad to see him being used to great advantage. And this really speaks. It's a good point by Jack, and it speaks to kind of my overall point on on Evans is that he's just a way better receiver than just a pure vertical guy. No, he's not the manufactured touch wide receiver screen run after catch type of player. There is that limitation to his skill set. He doesn't have that. You could use Julio that way. You can use Godwin that way. AB could be used that way. You know, when you're just Tyree kill, obviously, you know, you have, he doesn't have that in his arsenal. And if you're comparing and contrasting, it's, it's fair to list that as, as a knock against Evans, but man, in the vertical passing game, because he's so good at, again, creating separation down the field, his ability to stop start at the top of his route, he creates separation on inbreaks all the time. So, I mean, you've got 15-yard digs that are coming open all the time. And and the slant game, it's not even heavily utilized per se, but – um, in Tampa Bay, but man, when he gets those that number called, I mean, he he had so much success last year on those types of routes because he can sink his hips and snap off routes and create separation. Same thing with comebacks and curls. I mean, he can consistently run off press man coverage and come back to the football. It's not easy for six five, two hundred twenty five pound guys to stop on a dime the way he does and come back to the quarterback, make catches that way. I know people think those are simple routes, but they just aren't. He did it. Over, he's done it his whole career. He's lived on the vertical plane and consistently produced. He's lived in the low percentage areas of the field. Then he's consistently produced a thousand yard seasons. It's, it's, I don't, no one has had a really usage or a career 
like Evans, in my opinion, across the and, NFL. And, and John, I don't know that people appreciate how hard these both of these guys work at their craft. Oh, my I've gosh. I've, I've seen these guys after training camp practices, and it's the fans that are in the chat have been out of training camp. They know how brutally hot it can be, and how tough some of these practices can be, particularly the full padded practices. Um, but you would see a Mike Evans after practice working with Jameis Winston in red zone. You would see, I mean, this is after, you know, they've signed autographs and they would go back out on the field. This, you know, they would have that window or that gap. Uh, we've seen them um, in, in OTAs and different things like that, spending time, mini camps. Um, you know, when, when Gerald McCoy was bringing in the Kona ice for all the players uh, mm-hmm. and family, um, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin were working with Jameis Winston or the quarterbacks, uh, you know, still doing those things after practice. Wow. They, you know, they've got natural God-given ability, but they've 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 worked their asses off to get even better. And that's something that I certainly mm-hmm. appreciate from both of those guys. Here's a story about Mike Evans, and I mean, I'm sorry, about Chris Godwin, about his work ethic or his attitude anyway, John, um, going back to his rookie season, I think I've said this on the podcast and I may have told you, but um, in case people haven't heard this story, when we, we do a thing every year called um, uh, training camp diaries, we take a rookie player and a veteran player and every couple of days we interview them um, and we just type out what they say, right? It's their voice. It's almost like they're writing the article themselves. Mm-hmm. And I remember Scott and I, when Chris Goblin was drafted, we thought, you know, this would be good. He's, you know, he's not a first round pick, you know, um, not a ton expected from him this year, but let's just see, um, you know, let's, let's just approach him. So I called his agent. agent's like, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. I remember going to Chris Godwin, uh, first day of training camp to propose it to him directly. And, uh, and John, this is what he told me. He goes, man, he said, I really appreciate the offer. He said, but I just want to concentrate on making this football team right now, <laughs> which is mind boggling. Chris, you're going to make the football team, right? Yeah. Right. Right. But he did They're not right. want that distraction of having to every couple days go, you know, move off privately, talk to a reporter and do this thing. He just didn't want that distraction as a rookie. And that's just something that really stood out to me as far as, you know, I thought to myself at the time, you know, this, this, this guy's got the right attitude. This is, this is what you love. Now it left us in a bind because we were scrambling at that point to try and come up. Right. And I don't remember who we used that year. I'll have to go look it up. But, uh, but Chris Goblin, you know, again, Mike Evans, you know, just, hard workers, man. I mean, they're dedicated to their craft and, and, and we've seen Mike Evans get contract extensions and, and see his salary up in the $20 million a year range. Nothing's changed for Mike Evans. He works just as yep. hard, if not harder right. than he did as a rookie. Yep. And uh, is, hats yeah. off to both those guys. Right. Somebody said on Twitter to me, you, you didn't even mention, you know, the off the field stuff, off the char- character stuff. And I was like, I actually thought about it when I was writing, but what's the point? Both guys are it's the cream of the crop across the NFL work ethic, dedication to their craft, focus, leadership, all of it, character off the and, field. And I mean, both of them were guests on What's Cooking a couple years ago. People can go on our there YouTube you channel and find the What's Cooking and, and see the Chris Godwin from 2019. And Mike Evans yeah. was 2018. Both of those were good segments. Yeah. But you're right. Both those guys do tremendous work in the community. We've been to a couple. Bennett, Chris Godwin had a, a thing right before the Super Bowl where he teamed up mm-hmm. with David Ortiz. Mike Ed, uh, Evans actually just had his bowling um, thing that he does, and he and he raises money for uh, children who have been affected by domestic violence because his story is out there. He's not afraid to share it. His life was affected by it. I think his father was mm-hmm. shot by his uncle. I mean, he witnessed these things. So he raises money for children whose 
uh, who's been affected by domestic violence and, and raises money for scholarships. I mean, and I'll tell you another thing. I've said it a hundred times. You'll never meet a more assuming $20 million a year guy than Mike Evans. Went to his golf tournament a couple years ago, and I just – I was I I didn't play I wanted to fish the holes but uh, I drove the 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 photographer around this the, his photographer around and we just followed Mike Evans across eighteen holes and, and again the guy just talks to people like you would just meet somebody off the street and and I've dealt with plenty of 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 prima donnas and and divas mm-hmm. covering this football team over the last eleven years um, Mike Evans is as solid of a human as you're going to come mm-hmm. across just a, just a good right, dude for sure. too. Tony says, I like both players, but give me Godwin over Evans. Elite wide receivers don't get held to three or less catches in seven out of 16 games in 2020. Uh, I I think your overall point is on to something, Tony. I do think that's a little bit of cherry picking a stat. I mean, that does happen for sure. Um, And he was obviously playing hurt for a chunk of those games as well. Uh, Love Godwin's versatility over Evans' skills. Yeah, 2020 was a weird year for Evans. He didn't play even when he was healthy, probably as well as he would like. It still was the best catch rate of any season of his career, best catch rate on deep throws, 20-plus yard air yards that he had in his career. So you definitely still saw high marks from him. A big reason of that was Brady. Winston would force the ball to Evans a lot when he wasn't open, and it really killed his efficiency numbers, which led to some analytics people kind of getting on Evans for a little while. Um, And they had a point, but I think the larger context to the point was James Winston's not always accurate, and uh, he doesn't always – make the best decisions is when to throw to Evans. I mean, he's getting double covered at that time. You mentioned there weren't yeah. as many good players along that offense. It was just mainly Evans. So Winston would throw him the ball a lot when he was, when he was covered and when he was double covered and when he wasn't quite open. And so, yeah, his efficiency numbers took a hit. Now we've seen them jump back up with his best catch percentage ever this past year with Brady. I'm very curious as the two became more comfortable as the year went on together, how those numbers progress next season and if he continues to be a more efficient target in the passing game too especially even cut back down on the drops they really plagued him this past year we mentioned that being one of the big differences Evans has dropped a decent amount of passes uh in his career um and 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 that's been something that kind of just nags every year there's never like a 14 drop season like Deontay Johnson had this past season for Pittsburgh where you're like what the heck's going on (laughs) but seven eight drops you know and and it's just again it's not like the end of the world with Evans but you're comparing him to Godwin in that situation and Godwin has six drops in his career uh, in regular season, obviously. Now, the right. ironic part being that on that massive, massive national stage against Washington, he had five, <laughs> almost as many he's had in his entire career. And right. in the playoffs, I think in general, he had six or seven. Um, and so, yeah, that that's true. But the large sample size of his career, regular season numbers, basically going off of here. I mean, to never have more than two drops in a season as a guy who's been a volume target in the offense for three years now it's pretty crazy that Chris Godwin's able to put up that kind of numbers and still have the contested catch. I mean, he's more contested catches than Evans over the past two years, despite not nearly as many opportunities. So he's just, he's, he's basically the sure thing as it gets in the passing game in today's NFL. If you throw to him, his numbers are just off the chain is how good they are. John, how old did you say you were? I'm 31. You're 31. Mm-hmm. You know who else has been in business for 31 years, John? Who? Briar Greaves. Wow. When John was pooping his diapers, Briar Greaves was selling Thank insurance you. and protecting the Tampa Bay community. We don't know that you actually did that. We're just going to guess as an infant. We I all think we did, all did. But we probably. All, did. all right. So so while mom was wiping the honey, Briar Greaves was pounding the streets of Tampa, protecting the Tampa Bay community from hurricane season. And we are officially in the middle of hurricane season had a little tropical disturbance out in the gulf of mexico that moved up uh into alabama and louisiana 
over the uh, last few days. Uh, there's more storms that are going to come. Make no mistake, the National Hurricane Center has predicted an above average year of named storms. We saw it last year where they were just making up Greek symbols at that point. There were so many storms. You want to make sure you're protected. You want your home protected. You want your business protected. You want your life protected. You want your automobile protected. And there's no better place to do that than our good friends at BriarGreavesInsurance.com. They can save you money. And if they can't save you money, they'll tell you. That's the great thing about Briar Greaves. He's not going to blow smoke at you. He's just going to tell you straight up. Call Briar. Give him your policy. Let him know what you've got now with your auto, your home, your life, your liability, whatever type of insurance you have. Let him compare it. See if he can find it. He's got multiple lines of companies out there. He can shop it around. He did it for Scott Reynolds. He's my insurance carrier. Make Briar Greaves Insurance your insurance carrier for 31 years. Now, as long as John Ledyard has been alive, Briar Greaves has been in the insurance business. Give him or Sam a call, 813-876-4166 or go to briargreaves.com. Good point by Brian here. He says, I'd say Godwin great, uh, over Evans, but Evans does get doubled more and draws a lot of big penalties that don't show up on the stat sheet. That's true. I mean, it's really going to create a conundrum for teams this season as to how they defend Tampa Bay because I would say Tampa Bay didn't even have everything sorted out last year and still put up like ridiculous numbers across the board, production for everybody, passing, efficiency, third downs, red zone. They were good in all areas, basically. It was really difficult for anybody to slow them down last season, even in games where they didn't produce as well. It really felt like the Saints game with that when Joe Haig was just a disaster and they had a lot of things go wrong in that first half. You could point to that, you know, as being a time, but I still thought there were some guys open in that game. And in the Rams game, I think second half of the Rams game, I think that, but other than that, I think when the Bucks struggled, they really beat themselves or they had a bunch of guys out due to injury. So if everybody's healthy, can you really afford to double Mike Evans? I'm not sure. I do think you're going to see a lot of too deep this season against the Bucs, and we're going to talk a lot about that at PeterReport.com. How do the Bucs adjust what they're doing, what they did last season for defenses that are going to come out and play them differently this year, I think, because I do think they will. But, yeah, the, the production that Evans gets, despite the attention that he gets, uh, at least in the past anyway, has definitely been something that's really noteworthy for him. But, we, again, it's with Evans, we are talking about a guy who's done seven straight 1,000-yard seasons. To be as good as he was, as young as he was, early in your NFL career, that is something that just you we cannot say enough positive things about. It, it just does not yeah. happen very often. I mean, there's a reason why the next closest dude is A.J. Brown. He's had two 1,000-yard seasons. He's got five seasons to go just to reach where Evans is at now. So to hit the ground running and be consistently dominant like that, um, it just has not happened. And like you said, he doesn't even – like he's played on great teams, right? Great quarterback play his whole career. Um, he's just been that dominant as a player. So – um, yeah, hats off to Evans for sure. There's no question about that. But when I look at the the different traits, Mark, that's kind of what I kept coming back to is, okay, in all of these ways, Chris Godwin is better after the catch. I think it's hard for people to argue, you know, that's never been a strength. That's, that's a definite. Godwin, there's, that's a definite. Right. Nobody is going to, nobody's going to sit here and bang the table. Mike Evans, uh, mom is not going to bang the table and say he's better than, yeah. than Chris Godwin yards after catch. That's something that Mike Evans over his career has said, we usually get players, and, and I guess it'll happen this year too. Um, I don't know if it'll be on Zoom or live in person, but what happens is right before training camp opens, they'll bring in some players as they report. We'll go to the media center. We'll listen to them at the podium, talk about what they want to do and accomplish this year. One of the things I've heard multiple times from Mike Evans is get better with yards after catch. Now, I'm one of those guys that with these big body 6'5", 
225 pound receivers, you know, you get your 20 yards, get down, man. You don't need to fight for an extra half yard and, and take a fumble or take a shot in the head or get injured or things like that. You know, he's not the type of guy that's going to catch the ball and, and be elusive in the open field. That's just not his game at all. Um, you brought up a good point on that in, in your article. Again, people can go to pewreport.com. It's on the front page right now. It's 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 one of John's best. Check it out. Watch the video highlights. But he's not a yard after catch guy. It's something that he's wanted to get better at. Um, but I don't, you know, he is what he is. And he's never going to be an Antonio Brown in the open field or, or a, um, you know, Jalen Darden maybe or, or whoever you might want to look at. He's not a Tyreek Hill uh, type guy. It's just not his skill set. And that's okay because his other skill sets are pretty damn good. Right. And uh, somebody brought it up here and uh, Tom brought it up. If you added Mike Evans penalty yards, his numbers astronomical. And that's absolutely true. I remember the, what the first game of the year, he had one catch for three yards, something like that against the saints, but he had like 80 some yards and penalty. I mean, yeah, yeah, he had three penalty and yeah. that was the story all season long. I mean, he had these massive penalties all, I mean, the super bowl was prime example of that everybody's going to look, Oh, he had you know 31 yard catch or whatever. That's like all he really did in the super bowl. He had, he drew five penalties in the first half. I mean, they probably don't win the game if he's not as dominant as he is. Bashad Breland was falling all over himself trying to defend Mike Evans. So you have to add those a lot of those to to your yardage, you know, too. Even if Juan was ticky tacky, I mean, I think about the second touchdown to Gronk. I mean, he forced Breland to hold him because he throttled down and broke outside, yeah. and Breland was done. He'd already turned his hips inside, and he had to just grab Evans and. So, I mean, that's probably a touchdown if he doesn't grab Evans. That was where Brady was first looking. So there is a lot of that hidden stuff that, again, it's a good point by Tom because if you don't watch the tape on a lot of that stuff, you do miss it and you just look at the box screen, you're like, oh, this or oh, that. But Evans did have, he have a lot of those yards this past season. I wish I could find it. If somebody finds a good website for how many flags, not just pass interference penalties, but just in general, how many flags Mike Evans drew last season. I've tried to Google it. I've tried to look some places. I cannot find a good reliable site for how many flags he drew across a whole year i know partway through the year some articles were written but i'd love to know what the count was throughout the whole year how many penalties he draw he drew during the year but um yeah so i think that mike evans is is clearly a dominant receiver just to me like chris godwin gives you more things he gives you more more versatility and i don't think there's really a weakness to chris godwin's game like he he isn't really bad at anything he's not used as much yeah. vertically as mike evans but He's still used plenty there, and his numbers there are, are, are incredible. I mean, he's, his catch and, rate and, is. And and let's not let's not discount the fact of what he's asked to do outside of catching the football at the position that he's playing. I mean, he's taking on that Larry Fitzgerald role when Bruce moved Larry Fitzgerald to the inside, and 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 said, you know, he's going to have to do a lot of the dirty work that you know doesn't show up statistically. Um, as well as we say, Mike Evans stats, as far as penalties, yardage that he drew, uh, drew don't show up in stats. Some of the things that, that Chris Godwin does to make this offense work, um, you know, doesn't obviously show up in the stats too. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a very physical position that he's asked to play on the inside mm -hmm. in Bruce Arians offense. Right. Yep. He does a lot of inline blocking split zone. He comes across the formation and kicks people yeah. out. There's just a lot that he's asked to do. You're right. And he's kind of the guy, if they go 13 personnel, a lot of the time with three tight ends, he he'll stay on the field. Cause he's you know good in those situations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, 
like I said, there's just a lot Chris Godwin gives you. If you ask me which guy was harder to replace in this Bucks offense, and I said this last season, I think Chris Godwin's way harder to replace. You know, they don't have they, – they're hoping Tyler Johnson can become that guy, but he really isn't ready to be – he's not that type of a blocker yet where Godwin's at. Uh, he's not as good in all those contested catch situations. He did struggle a little bit. He had a few drops last season, messed up a few routes too. Um, so he's still growing. Obviously, no knock on Johnson there. I'm just saying if yeah. Godwin went down, I just think it'd be hard. You could – you can get vertical wide receiver play out of Scotty Miller. You can get vertical wide receiver play out of Antonio Brown for sure. You can get X receiver play out of Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin. You know, you can do those. They can all play on the outside. It's a lot harder to find somebody who replicates what Godwin brings to the offense. They're hoping Ty Johnson can be, can give them some options at least if they are to lose Godwin. But if I were the Bucks, I would be prioritizing trying to keep Chris. I think it's one of the most important positions. Even if you have to let basically everybody else go in free agency, if you can bring back Godwin and Carlton Davis at those positions, you know, we'll see how Carlton plays. I don't want to, you know, he's done for one year. You know, I want to see another year of it for sure. But I do think it's it's very important to, to keep and prioritize those positions, even if it means you have to replace Jensen and and Kappa and and Whitehead and you know some of those guys. I think you got to do it to keep those two guys around. You like this shirt, John? This is a pretty. I nice do shirt. like it. I, I just pulled it out of the closet. Like I'm a. It's yeah. it's a large. It's a little snug for me. I think I put on a few pounds uh, on vacation because you know when you go on vacation, all you do is eat. And um, good lord, I I ate yeah. a lot over the last week for sure. But anyway, I think these are good looking that. shirts. I, if you ever have a chance to get one of these shirts, and we're going to be having some different things coming up. We've got a golf uh, a golf league, a bowling league that's going to get started. There's going to be an announcement about that on Monday when we get all the details worked out. Uh, Pewter Report Bowling League. You're going to have an opportunity to earn a T-shirt by uh, signing up for the bowling league. Uh, we have different events coming. We've got another event at the mill that's going to come up, but we're going to try and uh, time that around the start of training camp or uh, as training camp's going on in, in, in early August. Uh, you get an opportunity, but these are good shirts to have, man. We, we hope people will get them and, and represent pewterreport.com for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll this, definitely this be having a, some. Is, but what color does this look like to you? Because Allison keeps saying this is gray, but I see like a dark blue. What do you see, John? Oh, definitely gray. Man, I, it must be, <laughs> I it must be this say like, old man vision. It, I guess it, it looks blue to me. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I have that yeah. shirt. It's definitely gray. It's Definitely like gray. a charcoal, I think. Yeah, yeah, charcoal. Okay. I think it's a charcoal, I think is what it is. But yeah, Scott said, but no, yeah, they're, they're great shirts. And I know people definitely are always interested in getting some of that stuff. We're kind of working on that right now, trying to get um, something in place so we can be able to produce a little bit more of that stuff and have lots of giveaways so that people have opportunities to be donning the Pewter Report apparel. But for now, yep. we definitely appreciate everybody jumping on. I know this was a fun discussion today. It is just for fun. This is a couple weeks we have where we take these topics and we just do it for fun. It, right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They're both bucks. Right. They're both dominant players. We're talking about two top 10 receivers. It's a blast to watch both of them. We love both of them and we're excited to continue to watch both of them this season. You know, we can have these discussions for fun and, and still be able to admit that at the end of the day. So now you appreciate got a, everybody for joining. You've got a good guest coming up tomorrow. Talk about that real quick. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, about yeah. our Thursday show real quick. Right. The great Emery Hunt from CBS Sports is coming over. He recently said on Ross Tucker's podcast, he doesn't think Cal Trask is built for today's NFL. He just doesn't think he works in today's league. Um, so I'm going to bring Emery on tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. He's going to have his thoughts on Kyle Trask. He loved Joe Tryon. He loved Jalen Darden. And so we're going to get his thoughts on those two guys as well, why he's on Trask. Also, some of the Bucks fringe roster guys. Emery watches all those guys too. He watches absolutely everybody out there. So I'm pumped to get his thoughts on some of those guys. 
really like KJ Braden Grant Stewart. I think he's probably really pretty high on the Bucks draft as, as a whole. So we'll get his thoughts on what he saw in all of those guys and how he kind of projects this roster moving forward with a lot of those younger players vying for positions. Uh, so Emery will be on tomorrow. That should be a ton of fun. And then Mark, you and I are back on Thursday for an episode that I think a lot of lifelong yes. Bucks fans will be interested in. You've got to do your Bucks. homework on this one. You got to do That's your right. homework because you you know I well, I've got my list. Part of I'm the- just. I'm, I want to see I'm, if you're going to just ravage my list when I'm done I, with it. But we're doing I, I top 10 will. bucks of all time. That's all what we're time. doing. Yeah. yeah. So top 10 bucks of all time. Mark and I's list. That's going to be Thursday. We're doing throwback Thursdays for the next month or so, Mark. I don't even know if I told you that. But no. it's going to be you and I on Thursdays, and we're going to be going back Perfect. in bucks history. I'm going to ask you some Ring of Honor bucks questions. and Great. Yeah, I'm going to ask you who's the best buck of all time, things like that. And we're going to have the fans – chime in on these things as well so top 10 bucks of all time that's going to be on thursday i'm excited we'll for that to, show uh, we'll have to uh bring in some 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 old buccaneer guys uh maybe i don't you know, again i don't know how interested people will be to have them as guests maybe a couple over the summer before training games get started some of the uh, older guys we can yeah maybe bring aboard as guests too if we're going to do some throwback right. stuff but yeah that's and speaking exciting. of guests we've got some good guests lined up in the future right on the peter report podcast in the near future so tristan excited about that will well. be a guest yeah, tristan works he'll be a guest coming up Ryan on the show Griffin. very soon will be a guest yep. very soon. He decided to go on vacation or we would have had him today, but he's allowed to do that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, for sure. yeah. so we're going to have sure. some fun guests coming up on the show for sure. As the Peter report podcast keeps growing, keeps expanding. Let the people know, tell everyone that you can subscribe to the Peter report podcast, Peter report TV. We have hit 44,600 subscribers and counting. We are trying to get to 5k by the time training camp starts. We've got about 400 or less probably to go. Uh, to hit that mark in the next month. So please help us out, spread the word, text a few people, say, hey, so hit subscribe on this thing. If you like the Bucks, you got to check out uh, this podcast. Make sure you're watching and listening. It's the biggest way we grow, the fastest way we grow, and be able to continue continue to keep producing content. We are looking right now at ways to expand this channel uh, for this upcoming season, offer more, offer better. We're always looking at those options. If we have that kind of support and the subscriber base, we are able to do that and to continue to give you more. That's something we're always going to do if we're going to get that, if we're getting that kind of support. So uh, we appreciate all y'all jumping in here for today's show. We'll see you tomorrow and Thursday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.